guys, this is Sarah. And this is Sheila. And, and this, this is The Chick Chats. Okay, so Sarah, I am so excited for this episode. You have no idea. Well, I'm very happy for you. Okay, I'm sure the listeners are going to be just as excited because this is... The 90s episode. Yay! It was hashtag 90s rule episode. You got the name wrong. Okay, I'm It's your own episode, and you can't even get your name. (laughs) I wasn't worried about the title. You have got to have a cool name for it. Okay. So I think in honor of the true 90s culture, we should call it the 90s, but dazzled. But anyway, in one of our other episodes, Sarah said that we weren't going to do a all about the 90s episode and obviously i lost yes i finally talked her into it she drugged me (laughs) before we get into why we actually decided to do this episode i'm going to briefly mention what we're going to talk about during this awesome awesome episode we're going to of course talk about the new national geographic special that just aired the 90s episode series that they did. It was three episodes. Two hours each. Totaling (laughs) six hours. And I made you watch it. I would like to point out for our listeners that when we did episode one, Talk Nerdy to Me, where we talked about the difference between nerd versus geek, I had Sheila watch a maybe four-minute video and then try to get her to watch another additional two minutes of a different video, and she completely flipped out. (laughs) about how that was too long and she was not going through all this and I watched a six hour special yes but that was at home I was in the middle of working and I don't want to hear your lame excuses (laughs) (laughs) okay but anyway we're going to talk about the National Geographic special yep and then what kind of started this whole trend of the love for the 90s, and I'm a big proponent for the 90s. Oh, I can tell you that. Amnesia. <laughs> and drugs. You weren't as big of a fan as the 90s as I was. Now, don't so. get me wrong. I may sound like I'm hating on this episode, but I'm not. For the geeks out there, and I know that there are some out there listening to this, hopefully, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about video games Mm -hmm. and what about the 90s was really really crucial for geeks Mm -hmm. and nerds yeah so we're going to talk about video games movies and television shows and just the culture in general because there was a very strong 90s culture and we're also going to talk about music and there is a special part that we are going to reveal later that has to do with music i'm super excited i hope you are too I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm a little terrified right now. (laughs) We talked about it anyway. You say that for a lot of things, and I don't remember these discussions. (laughs) Maybe it is amnesia. (laughs) Or sneakiness. No, we talked about it. And then for the very last, we are going to do the National Geographic 90s trivia game. We are going to play it for the first time, so... There were... Have you already played it? I played a couple of rounds. That's cheating. That's not cheating. I didn't know we were going to play it for this thing. Don't worry. I'm completely horrible. You're going to beat me. Okay, well, let's first talk about why we picked this topic or... There's no we. (laughs) Okay, why I 
pick this topic. Okay. Like I said, I really love the 90s. I am a 90s baby. I was born in 1990, and you're technically not a 90s child. You were... I'm from the 80s, which is significantly better. But you know what? I did grow up in the 90s, though. Mm -hmm. We both grew up in the 90s. And so besides that, the 90s were amazing just for different reasons, and we'll talk about that. And we also picked this episode because of the whole National Geographic special. Which we totally missed the Twitter bus on. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. The trend of talking about the 90s is going to go on for a while. And plus, finally, you agreed to it. Yeah, she was having a mini protest, and she, she started talking about fasting, and then I was like, ah, no. <laughs> I would start to feel awful at this point. So. Me fast for anything? No. Because <laughs> when I'm hungry, I'm grumpy. So No lie. So, no lie. Run. Run. So I but would, you're hungry. So <laughs> I would never fast for anything. I appreciate that. I really do. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate that. But anyway, let's jump into the National Geographic special. What did you think of it? I surprisingly liked it more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. It really covered a lot of things. It had some interesting points. It brought up things about the 90s that I had forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Or it even taught me some things about the 90s I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. And you could definitely tell... Where the producers of the National Bias Geographic, were, yeah. what their political stance was yeah. and who they liked and supported. You could definitely tell that from this episode. Mm -hmm. So I didn't agree 100% with some of the stuff they were promoting or yeah. saying. But as far as everything else, non-political wise, I mean, it was mm -hmm. fairly I, accurate. I thought it was really well done. I mean, they took a broad, broad topic and we're able to narrow it down and show the overall culture of the 90s. Plus, all three episodes tied in really well together. and It, it like, flowed well. It flowed very well. I it, was actually surprised. I thought it was going to be kind of a mess, but it Like it a jumbled didn't. mess. It didn't. Yeah. It really flowed together consistently, mm -hmm. almost like a virtual interactive timeline. Mm -hmm. The title of the thing was Last Great Decade? Question mark. Do you think that it's necessarily one of the last great decades? You know how television or movies, you have the stereotypical elderly person talking about back in my day, mm -hmm. things were great. Uh, this mm -hmm. is why this time period was the music was better, the clothes were better, the list goes on and on. I think every generation is going to say this over here or this over here is the best time period or best decade and mm -hmm. this is why but I don't really think that it's necessarily the last great decade. I think it's one of them. I mean, even the people who were in the show that were older of not the 90s generation, even they were saying it was one of the best decades. I think that selling ourselves as a culture, as a nation, as humanity in general, short, I think that saying that we can't do anything in the future, that will be just as good or better. Mm -hmm. That we've had our great moments, we've done our great things, and that's it. And I don't think that's true. That's true. To say that it's the last great decade might 
be cutting our future short, but I think that it's one of the decades that really is going to stand out for several different reasons, and National Geographic talked about this. It was really the start of reality TV, and you and I both know how much I love reality TV. That's true. Yeah. So I remember when The Real World came out. On MTV. On MTV, and it was an experiment like no other. Mm -hmm. You had never really seen a show about people who had never met each other before in any sort of form or fashion from completely different backgrounds, and hey, let's throw them in a house together and see what happens. That really was a precedent, and also with new technology, and they talked about that during that special too, and they talked about Apple, and I remember the iMac, the shorter computer, the colorful plastic. Oh, yes, I had a blue one. And it wasn't this little ugly box anymore. It looked like something from science fiction. Mm -hmm. It was sleek. It came in multiple colors, which Mm -hmm. if you were a girl like me, I mean, you already were wanting a specific color for your computer. Definitely. I think the iMac really reflected the 90s culture, and I think that's one thing that made it so popular. And... The National Geographic special was sure to point out the iMac and Steve Jobs. Let me ask you something. It talked about Steve Jobs, but it also talked about Microsoft, too. Do you feel like they had a preference or they really preferred Mm -hmm. one company over another? I think they definitely glorified Apple more, and especially Steve Jobs. I think the thing about Steve Jobs, not just that I think he was revolutionary for the technology industry, but more than that, I think everybody had fallen in love with Apple Mm -hmm. all over again. And Apple gave us some really, really great technology, not just Mm -hmm. in the 90s. And when Steve Jobs died, we're afraid, well, okay, well, we saw what happened when he just left briefly for a couple of years. What's going to happen now that he's completely Mm -hmm. gone? And that's a whole different topic that we can talk about. But I just have to say, once you go Mac, you don't go back. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. I think National Geographic (laughs) did glorify Apple, but they did talk a lot about how important Microsoft and Bill Gates was. Because Bill Gates helped bail out Apple at one point. He did. Because if they didn't, who else would Microsoft copy for all of their ideas? <laughs> I'm sorry. If that's not completely true. If Steve Jobs hadn't gone to Bill Gates and Bill Gates hadn't helped them out, then Apple might not be alive today. That might have been the end of Apple. Actually, Apple probably wouldn't be alive today. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely think that they were leaning towards glorifying Apple more. Heck, they probably used some Apple products to make the special. <laughs> so Probably not Final Cut, though. No. No, not the new Final Cut. Not Final Cut 10. Yeah, you're right about that. This special throughout all three episodes flowed really well. The way that they closed the special was talking about Y2K. Yep. I remember Y2K. I remember 
people freaking out and it made me a little bit nervous but I wasn't like paranoid like a lot of people. I think that was because of the wisdom of children and I know that sounds like a really ironic mm -hmm. statement when you think about it. We didn't rely on the online stuff for our basic day-to-day -day functions. We enjoyed it, we may have appreciated it, but I don't think that we saw really how much technology impacted our lives. So I don't think it's the fear of losing all that. It was the fear of not being able to recover, I think, with Y2K. But I think we realized that, okay, if the internet crashes, that we might be okay. Yeah. I don't well, think we fully understood some of the implications of well, what that meant. It wasn't time. just about the internet crashing. Religious people thought that the world was going to come to oh, an I re end. I remember that. I remember people who were buying water bottles and packs of firewood by the yeah. dozens. And so it wasn't just about the dates on the computer not translating. It was a religious thing as well. Well, and there were other events that were happening at yeah. the time that was really kind of cultivating this that fear. This fear. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I was a little bit nervous. My parents weren't nervous at all. Um, Didn't you have a Y2K party? I did. It was so much fun. My dad had this big open room in the office where they held meetings and conferences and stuff. They had like a stage and a big screen TV and the sound system. And I invited a bunch of my friends and we had music going. We had a craft section, a game section. Was the craft section, was it like section. a multifunction tool to help you for the new... <laughs> no. no. No, no. There was no survival things <laughs> going there. Let uh, me ask you something. Were there anybody who didn't show up? Yeah, there were a couple of people that didn't show up because their parents were freaked out about Y2K. And then there was like one or two people that left early before midnight. But for the most part, the people that were at the party were like, oh, Y2K, woohoo, whatever. For me, it was just about it being New Year's Eve and having fun. As part of the technological aspect goes for Y2K, I think I had a different perspective because my father was a computer programmer mm -hmm. for power company. Having him around to talk with this, especially explain things as a kid, I think really helped. Mm -hmm. yeah. And kind of keeping any fears from developing. I think that I was probably around more people that were worried about it than you were. Because I went to a Christian private school. So? so that religious aspect was really prevalent. I'm friends with a bunch of heathens, apparently. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I that. I know, I'm just messing with I'm you. I'm not saying that everybody there was freaked out, but I think that that religious aspect probably surrounded me more because of the school that I went to. I don't know about that, but I will say that I did have a friend at the time who was really, really terrified, and she was telling my dad, you, you can't let the world in, and my dad's like, the world's not going to end. <laughs> Let's just kind of talk about what started this whole love for the 90s. I remember when I was younger, like early on in the 2000s, how VH1 started their decade specials, like we love the 80s, we love the 90s. And I think VH1 was one of those that really started the love for the different decades. Do you remember those at all? I don't think I was allowed to watch VH1. <laughs>
And then also, there are a lot of people that are having tumblers or websites devoted to what made the 90s so great. Have you ever checked those out? Um, yes and no. But there are tumblers that are dedicated to just 90s video games or 90s television shows or 90s candy. See, I'd rather be eating the candy, watching the shows, and playing the video games. Well, some of these you can't get anymore. So it's like a memory of... Can you? Can you? Or do you just not have the right connections? (laughs) Everything has a price. Okay, I'm not going to go to the black market for (laughs) 90s candy. That's my favorite stale candy. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do still make some candy and drinks and food that are harder to get from the 90s but i will say a lot of 90s stuff that we no longer have was great and so that's what these websites are for and i think that this is what's helped bring back the 90s fever i'm going to call it the 90s fever okay so we know that there's all these websites out there tumblers that are devoted to what was great about the 90s but What do you think about the 90s was so great that we are nostalgic about? There are bits and pieces of the 90s that pop out of my head. For instance, I remember the fashion. I personally love 90s fashion. I know you would completely disagree with me, but I love the neon Neon is coming back, especially like the big neon sunglasses. But you I mean the sunglasses that don't actually protect your eyes from the sun? Like a pair that I have? Yes. They look like plastic blinds attached to frames. Oh, I don't have that, but yeah, that's 90s. And then scrunchies. I still have a scrunchie that I'll wear around the house sometimes. Is it from the 90s? It's from a long time ago. I'm never borrowing that. That's gross. Also hook leggings oh no 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 yeah you have a love affair with those don't you it's not a love affair unless you count wanting to watch them burn okay dancing over said burning flames a love affair then yes huge love affair okay so why don't you tell people what they are and why you have a personal hatred towards them so for those of you who maybe don't know or don't remember the hooked Leggings were essentially just spandex leggings with an elastic band in the waist, and they went all the way down to your ankles, and then they had a little loop that went over the bottom of your foot, so you literally kind of hooked yourself into these pants. I don't know what you thought you were going to be doing that you are in danger of losing them. <laughs> I mean, they cling to you. <laughs> What in the world do you need that loop for? I don't know. And you told me that your mom would always dress you in those. My mom loved those. As a kid growing up, you have those shoes that you can slide in and out Mm because you can't tie your shoes. Uh And your your feet flop around and then come in and out and whatever. So the little loop would get unhooked. (laughs) And then what do you do with it? It, It's just kind of flopping in your shoe. Flopping (laughs) inside your shoe. And then you had a layer of what was like a belt around your foot that was, you know, coming between you and the natural cushiness that shoe was designed to give you. (laughs) Or if you take it out, just flopping on the back, just really confused as what it should be doing. 
<laughs> so it sounds like you're not really a fan of 90s fashion. Mm, no. Okay. No. Well, were you a fan of the moon shoes? Do you remember the moon shoes? I probably know what they are. I just don't know that they're called yeah. that. Oh, I've always wanted a pair. I mean, I would seriously get a pair today if they came back. But they were the big, like, round oval things that you would strap your foot into it. They're called shoes. And they had, like, a trampoline-type thing. And so you would bounce around. The inflatable. Yes, I remember those. I never had a pair, though. No, I don't think they were inflatable, but they had, like, a spring on them or something. I think some of them were inflatable. Oh. I'll tell you about the shoes that first came out in the 90s that I totally loved. And that is the shoes that converted into roller skates. Mm-hmm. That you could pop the wheels out and roll around and then pop mm-hmm. them back into the heel of the shoe. I wanted a pair of those so bad. My mom drove me to like 15 gas station, like dollar <laughs> store types to buy me knockoffs until we found some for a good yeah. enough deal. I was just that mm. insistent on getting those shoes. Wow. I never had those shoes because I had the real deal. I had rollerblades and that was good enough for me. See, for me, where it was at was at the roller skating rink. That was true Saturday fun. It was fun. That is actually the place where I was able to do the one split that I've done in my entire life. Wow, congratulations. Never been able to do it since. Besides the fun memories of roller skating, I also remembered the skip it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You Mm -hmm. had the little ring that could run around your ankle, Mm -hmm. and it had like a big giant plastic stick with a ball on it, and your goal was to hop so it kept on going around. Uh And it had the counter, so you would try to beat your friends on the number of rotations that you could do. And if there's somebody you didn't like, you would try and just hop closer to them to actually beat them with it. If that thing hit you, it hurt. Yes. I tell you another thing that hurt. The plastic slap bracelets. <laughs> My school banned them. I'm not even joking. Because <laughs> kids would go around <laughs> slapping each other with it. And sometimes they would even do it during the middle of class. And so people like that got those banned from my school. Who needs a lightsaber when you have a slap band? <laughs> if you hit hard enough, those things hurt. But they were so cool. They came in so many different colors and designs. They had the fuzzy ones with the different oh. animal prints. Mm-hmm. I would wear slap bracelets if they came back today. They're still here. You can still buy them. Oh, maybe I wouldn't. Oh, suddenly your tune has changed. Yeah. One thing that I wouldn't bring back, though, would be the Easy Bake Oven. I liked Easy Bake Ovens. I did, too. But the food that you made with them was so small, it was never satisfying (laughs) enough for me. Well, it's supposed to be for kids. They're not trying to teach you how to make gourmet food. I know, but you hardly did anything yourself. But if you're a kid... This is the most dangerous piece of technology your parents have probably let you Mm -hmm. within 10 feet of. And you're actually putting something in that you can eat that you made yourself. That's true. It is a grand accomplishment on those two fronts. But for me, the end product was always disappointing. And that's why I would not bring back the Easy Bake Oven. Sounds scarring. (laughs) Almost, Almost like your mashed potato debacle. 
we might talk about that on another episode. (laughs) You know, I still have some of my 90s toys and stuff. You know, I think I've kept some, but I think I've gotten rid of most of everything. The thing I really didn't want to let go of was the original NES that was my brother's and mine, mm-hmm. but it died, and we couldn't get it to work again. Oh. So we unfortunately got rid of a whole bunch of games that both of us later on regretted, and we were mm-hmm. like, we shouldn't have gotten rid of those. Yeah, I've kept a bunch of my 90s stuff because my parents, for memory's sake, wanted to keep it. Or my mom also thought that some stuff might be worth something someday. Like, one of those things was Beanie Babies. I still have a ton of my Beanie Babies. I know that they're never going to be worth anything. But my mom and I would go out of our way to get some. And so, like, that memory is what's important. I also have my working boppet that you and I have played with before. Mostly what it does is it collects dust. And another thing that is collecting dust but is now worth something are the first colored Game Boys. We will talk about the colored Game Boys in my bit of this podcast on video games. Okay. But yes. But yes, that was actually one of the last things I actually got rid of from the 90s was my Game Boy Color and some of my Game Boy games. Well, I, since then, have gotten a Retro Duo. It is a emulator, basically, in console form that plays NES and Super NES mm-hmm. games. NES meaning Nintendo Entertainment System games. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I have a emulator is because I don't have the room to have tons and tons of consoles. So if I can mm-hmm. condense them, that'd be great. I really wish they would come out with one where you could mm-hmm. play the NES, Super NES, and N64. Mm-hmm. All they'd have to do is just add in another memory board, I think. I would love to have one for N64 because those were the games that I loved. In fact, I still have my N64, but, you know, I want to keep it nice because it might be worth something someday. (laughs) We should bring it out and play it. I mean, there are so many really good games that were released on that console. In fact, it was the last console to use cartridges. And this is the time period where I really got into video games. I would say it was a time period where a lot of people got into video games. Well, some of the younger generation would say yeah. Mm -hmm. But there are other people who remember the original Atari that they feel like for them made them fall in love with video games. Mm -hmm. But besides the fact that I'm kind of a geek and I really care about video games, the reason why we're kind of covering it is because video games went through a huge evolution during the 90s. We switched over from kind of more basic 16-bit graphics to 32 and 64-bit, which really not only just visually involved video games, but your capabilities, how much landscape you got, really changed. Not to mention there was more of a shift from your platform games to more role-playing video games. Some of the ones that you perhaps really loved and liked, right? Well, the video games that I mostly played were like the Mario video games, especially N64. I mean, I played the original like Super Mario with the Duck Hunt game. It was such a good game. I'm so sad that Duck Hunt does not work on modern TVs. They need to fix that. Oh yeah, that's right. It doesn't. And you got your retro duo. 
Well, it doesn't have anything to do with the retro duo. It has to do with the fact that the light guns that they use mm -hmm. for the video games was based on CR tube TV technology. Mm -hmm. And they're just not compatible with modern televisions. Huh. Wow. I never thought of that. But really big things that happened for video games in the 90s besides the graphics, the Game Boy hit the market. And it was one of the first portable consoles mm -hmm. to be released. And it actually went through two revolutions just within this 10-year time period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. Because it was like the basic big brick, black and white, and then it went to color. Well, it went from the green screen to a Game Boy Pocket, which was thinner. Mm -hmm. The battery life was a bit better. Mm -hmm. And it actually had the monochrome black and gray screen. It wasn't that awful green anymore. Then the Game Boy Color came out in 1998, uh -huh. which could show colors, some basic shading. The cartridges themselves were redesigned. Mm -hmm. It was now backward compatible with old original oh. Game Boy games. And of course, for girls like me, it came in a variety of colors. Mine was purple, of mm, course. Mine was pink, of course. You got a pink one? I mean, purple was where it was at. Well, they had a bluish mm -hmm. one, but I just liked the pink better. I still have it. This is the one that I was talking about, but it was the purple clear one. That was the one that was released sometime later. I think it was a limited edition thing, too. I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I saw a kid the other day playing a Game Boy. I was like, really? Dude, you're playing a Game Boy? I didn't talk to him, but... You know what? There is a funny YouTube video you have to watch, and it's kids react to the original Game Boy, and they ask him what it is. Oh, it's so oh. funny. <laughs> I'll have to make you watch that, and I will put a link to it for our listeners so that they can see the video, too, if they want to. Okay, cool. The other big things was there was a big war with Nintendo and Sega, hmm. if you remember it. It was kind of the big battle of the consoles, the Sega Genesis and the Nintendo Super NES. Eventually, of course, Nintendo won. You like Seth Rogen, right? Mm -hmm. In some of his movies? Yeah. Seth Rogen is actually going to be making a movie about it sometime soon huh. called Console Wars, of course. Is it a documentary or is it going to be like... I think it's going to be more fiction, mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily strict documentary, Last big thing was online gaming started to really kind of emerge with the popularity of the internet getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. You had games where you actually could play online with people that you've never met from like other countries. Second Life and stuff. Well, Second Life hadn't really come around at that point. But there were things similar to Yeah, it, there right? was there were some MMORPGs. There were things like Counter-Strike, which was actually one of the games that made my... Favorite games from the 90s list. I've never heard of that. What was Counter-Strike? You've played Call of Duty, right? Mm-hmm. Counter-Strike was very, very basic. So you have a map that's kind of like a map you would have in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And you have one team over here and then an opposing team over here, and you just go take people out. Oh, okay. It's a really fun game really fun game. I have hmm. to see if you can play. There were some computer games that I liked, but, you know, they were just like the basic games, but you loved Oregon Trail, didn't you? Oregon Trail is actually one of the first video games on the PC that I actually played. It was on a Mac, mm -hmm. of course, but yes, it was a lot of fun. See, I never 
played Oregon Trail, I don't think. Oh, you were deprived. <laughs> but Oregon Trail, while should be probably on this list, is not on my list of favorite games from the net. Do you want to hear it? Sure, why not? And I'll tell you whether or not I've even heard of them or played them. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, the first one, Zork Grand Inquisitor. Nope, never played it or heard of it. Zork Grand Inquisitor was really good. It was released in the later 90s. PC was starting to incorporate some basic live action video sequences emerged in the animations of the game. It's really oh. good. Mm. It's about this guy is taken over the world of Zork and he's very anti-magic and you have to come set the people free. Was it aimed more towards kids or adults? Probably mix. Yeah. It was a puzzle type game. Oh, okay. And so strategy. Kind of, it was kind of like Mist or Riven, which is of course, also on my list of favorite games, but it took a very different approach in that it was, again, very sarcastic, very funny, kind of poked fun a little bit at this style of game. It's a very good game. If you can check it out, check it out. The next one, Thief. I've the heard of it. The original Thief. Very good game is all I can say. You play a master thief. I'm not going to reveal any more, but good game. Okay. Counter-Strike. Mm -hmm. Which we're going to see if you can try. Planescape Torment. What? Planescape Torment. Planescape Torment. Exactly. It sounds like a torture game. <laughs> it is a game kind of based off of the world of Dungeons and Dragons a little bit. Oh, no wonder I've never heard of it. Hold on, before you say anything, you played a guy who has woken up from the dead. You have tattoos all over your body that you don't know what they mean. You don't know who you are. You don't know if you're good or bad, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, a floating skull called Morte is following you around making inappropriate jokes. It is a hilarious game. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I'll be checking that out anytime soon. I'll just take your word for it. Okay, you've probably heard of this next one. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I have. I never really was a big Legend of Zelda game player. Well, this is, I think, by far one of my favorite Zelda games. Are there a lot of Zelda games? Uh, at least five or six. I haven't really played any more Zelda games since the N64. Mm-hmm. Because I've gone over to Xbox. Right. But very good series. But this, again, is by far one of my favorites. Goldeneye. Based off the... Uh... Yes, this is a video game that they released to go along with the movie. But it was actually a pretty decent video game considering. And it was so much fun. I just, I loved it. Also, one of the first Star Wars video games I ever played. Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. You may or may not remember it. No. It was one of those games that's supposed to be correlating with what was going on in the Star Wars world, mm -hmm. but not following any major characters, so to speak. Okay. So it was just like a supplement. Yeah, it was a supplemental. Okay. So you're not playing through as Luke trying to save Leia, yada, yada, yada. Okay. And I still remember the levels that took place in the sewer. Things would jump out and... Why would they stage levels of a video game in a sewer? You are 
trying to break into somewhere, but you're having to go in through the sewers, and there's these creatures that are in there. I'm sorry, but if you're a germaphobe, which I kind of am with my feet a little bit, because I hate having my feet with you dirty. I think you're missing the point. If you're a germaphobe, why would you want to play a video game where you go into the sewer? Well... You're not really getting dirty. You're still there in your sanitary room on a video game. I don't care. You still don't want to be thinking about the sewer if you're a germaphobe. Okay, I I think you're missing the point of the game, though. It wasn't all about sewers and germs. Right, but it takes place in a sewer. One level. One level. Oh, I thought it was... Oh, maybe you could handle one level. Another Star Wars game that probably didn't get the props it deserved was the Star Wars Episode One Racer. Now, in 64... <gasps> I, I know that. I was terrible at that game, though. I was good at Mario Kart, but I was terrible at that game. You know what? There are so many racing games on the N64, but I feel like this one was one of the best because it offered something different. Yeah. You could customize your pod a little bit, but could... You know, jump off and fling yourselves on cliffs. It was really cool. It was a fun game. I would always get stuck in some parts. But the graphics on it were awesome. Oh, the graphics were incredible. You felt like you were actually flying. Mm -hmm. I got that for my birthday. And I remember after the party, I kind of glued myself to that for several hours at least. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Next one. Crazy Taxi. You just got that for your Xbox. Yes, they have some classics that are available on the Xbox Live Marketplace, and this is one that I've just recently got and started playing again. Oh my Mm -hmm. goodness, so fun. And you can easily play a round of it in either 3, 5, or 10 minutes. If you're short on time, this is a perfect game to play. I need to try to play that. I've never played it, but it sounds you know what? fun. You know what? Yeah. After this podcast, you're going to try it. Okay. So that is the end of our episode. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're that excited. <laughs> Another game you might be excited for, though, Street Fighter Two Turbo. Mm-hmm. The 90s arcade version, I'm pretty good at. There's nothing beating the original. Well, and the souped-up version of the original. Second original <laughs> But up. the Xbox version, like the console, just doesn't have the same feeling as the arcade version. You know, I remember back in the day where you had, like, ten different moves you could do. But now uh-huh. it's like you have to press 15 different buttons before you get that same move. Yeah, it's too complicated for me. Talk about complicated, but definitely a fun game. Donkey Kong Country. I did play a little bit of... Donkey Kong back in my day. <laughs> no. no, that's Don- actually one of the games that yeah. I have, and yeah. we played. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking more of the N64 version. Doom is the last one on my list. Okay, so there was like a big thing in the 90s after Doom came out about how Doom was satanic and these shootings and stuff were based off Doom. Did any of that like hinder your ability to enjoy that game? I would like to point out that I didn't get to play this game when it first came out because I was too young. My mom Mm -hmm. wouldn't have let me. Yeah. You could say that violence in video games exposes kids to violence and Mm -hmm. they may be more prone to it. I always take that with a grain of salt because I don't Mm -hmm. think that video games itself defines your reality. I think the people, how you're raised, everything mm-hmm. else around you plays so much more of a bigger part. Yeah, and I agree, but I remember specifically that Doom was really picked on compared to other video games. Well, 
you could equate that to the Grand Theft Auto games that oh, have come yeah. out in the more yeah. recent games. I prefer Saints Row games over the Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. games. But even in the Saints Row games, like, I'm a gangster, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the thing about video games. You're not yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. You get a chance to be somebody else, somebody different. Yeah. But it's just a video game. Right. I can shoot people all day long in video games. Because they're not real. Those are not real people. Okay. Why did you put Doom on the list? True. Doom is kind of a gory game. You shoot evil monsters and bad guys. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say they're bad guys. Trying to find points and ammo and health and the secret key to the next level. So it's kind of a puzzle game. But it was also one of these games that you had a level map that had so much more for you to explore and get lost in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was one of the first ones to really have a bigger playing field. Okay. So out of all of those that you mentioned, if you had to pick just one that was your favorite, which one would you pick? If I had to pick one game, is this like stuck on a desert island one game? Yes. But this is not a real life or death situation. It has to be one from this list. Yes. From the 90s. Okay. If I pick Counter-Strike, I might be able to message to somebody that I'm stranded on the desert island and I need help. Okay, forget about about the desert island part. Just pick one. I knew this was going to be so difficult. You don't care about my reasoning. (laughs) Yes. Fine. I just want the name Fine. of the game. Can I narrow it down to like one of three? No. No. Just one. I, just one. Jeez, I didn't know this was going to be such a challenge. Well, there's so many good games on this list. Yes, I know. And you've gone through all of them. Now, tell me. One. Zork, Grand, Inquisitor, and Thief. Is that your final answer? <laughs> that is. Oh! <laughs> okay, no, Sarah. <laughs> one game. Zork Grand Inquisitor. Simply because it is lighthearted and fun, and you can play it over and over again, and it's, it still tickles me. Okay. Well, I think that is a very good answer. Now, you were able to narrow it down to one video game. I don't think I would be able to narrow it down to one television show of the 90s. The television shows of the 90s were absolutely amazing. When I started thinking about television shows, mm-hmm. I was like, eh. And then I started to list some of the shows. Yeah. And then my list kept going. And I was yes. like, man, I forgot how many really good shows there were. Oh, yeah. Before we get into what good shows there were, you sent me a thing from BuzzFeed called How Many 90s TV Shows Have You Seen? They gave 117 television shows, mainly kids' shows, and you had to check how many shows that you had seen. What was your score? I know I didn't beat you. I know you didn't beat me. I mean, I am the 90s television show queen. But what was your score? I took the quiz, and then I went back and I looked at some of the shows, and I realized that I have seen more of them than I actually remembered. But my original score was, I believe, 65. Out of 117. But I think it's probably closer to 75. Out of 117. Well, you know, I did play outside a lot. Like, I had a life. 
I had a life too, but you can't deny the power of the 90s television shows. True. What was your score? My score was 98. 98? You really did have no life. No, I had a life. I have to say that's impressive. Most of the shows that I didn't get were like the adult shows. But my favorite shows of that time period, though, were the kids' game shows. Do you remember those? Especially the Nickelodeon game shows? I remember two or three of them. I remember the family one where you had this little obstacle course you had to go through. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, in each one, you get slimed. Oh, yes. We are going to talk about slime. A bunch of those shows should have been called slime because that was a big part of it. And then there was another one, that, but it was like some sort of Mayan temple oh, challenge. Mm-hmm. Legends of the Hidden Temple. I loved that show. Yeah. You had to find a statue. Yeah. yeah. And also Double Dare. Do you remember Double Dare? Mm-mm. It was one of those that you were talking about that had the slime. I always wanted to be on that show. I'm not going to lie. I vaguely remember you in the last episode saying you always wanted to be slimed. Okay, so after watching all of these game shows, you know, for their pieing and their sliming and wanting to be on those shows, I made my parents pie me. You made them what? I made my parents pie me. What normal kid does that? So you made your parents go out and buy a perfectly good pie. Make a perfectly good pie. The pieing didn't include pie. That's right. It was just whipped cream. So you wasted a can of whipped cream to have it thrown on your face. Yeah. I didn't just stand there and be like, okay, mom. Okay, dad, pie me. I would tell them I would want to be pied. And then later on, they would surprise me with a pie. Like, I would come around the corner and they would pie me. Did they do this on a regular basis? I, I mean, not a whole bunch, but they did it several times. It was so much fun. That's how much I wanted to be on those shows. That's actually kind of funny. It was awesome. The sliming thing was more difficult to do because there would be slime recipes on the internet and you would try to recreate the slime, but it just never would work out. So that's one thing that I missed out on was not getting to be on one of those shows and be slimed. Tortured childhood. So there was a bunch of those game shows that I loved, probably more so than you. Yeah, they weren't really my thing. I liked some of the other shows that were on that were probably famous for being 90s TV shows. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of them I know you liked, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I loved that show. Okay, I had a love-hate relationship with that show. I liked watching it. But at the same time, I hated it because it would give me nightmares sometimes. Or, oh, yeah. Or sometimes I would be so freaked out that I wouldn't want to go in a separate room as my parents. I had some cases where those gave me nightmares, but I probably watched a lot of shows from the 90s that kids didn't typically watch. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Diagnosis Murder and Murder, She Wrote with <laughs> with my grandparents. Yeah, that's... Those are really, really good shows, but not ones you probably typically show a kid. And so, yeah. I watched a lot of show about murder. I don't know if looking back it was particularly <laughs> healthy or not. See, when I think of 90s television shows, I don't think of those. I think more of the kid shows, like... Clarissa explains it all, or... Hey, there were mysteries that Clarissa had to explain. Well, yeah, but not murder mysteries, like murder (laughs) she wrote. No. That would not be on a kid's network. 
Another one that I can think of that wasn't a kid's show necessarily was Home Improvement. Well, that was a family show. I think that kind of counts. Mm-hmm. Growing Pains would be another one. That oh, was a Growing really good Pains, show. yeah. I really liked Growing Pains. Brotherly Love on mm-hmm. Disney was another one. Yeah. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, very good one. The Cosby Show, another kind of family show, but towards the end of the 90s, I started watching some other shows that were probably not family shows, such as Friends. I never really was that big into Friends. <gasps> one show that I loved was Sabrina. That was a really good show. Wonder Years. Do you remember Wonder Years? I wasn't crazy about that show, yeah. so... I would watch it with my parents. However, the kid on there has, like, really bad attitude, so they made me stop watching that. I can tell you my dad probably wasn't thrilled with some of the other shows I like to watch, Buffy and Angel being centered around uh-huh. vampires and occult sort of things. I never watched that. Good shows. And, <laughs> and Charmed as well. Charmed was yeah. a show about witchcraft. But, one, I never thought I was a witch Mm-hmm. I had some friends who were convinced they were witches, but I, I never <laughs> thought I was a witch. If so, my homework would have magically done itself yeah. a long time before. But the theme overall was good fighting against evil. Mm-hmm. And that there's good and mm-hmm. a lot of us. Oh, Touch by an Angel is another show. That was a, another really good show. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Dawson's Creek. Did you watch Dawson's Creek? I wasn't allowed to, but I loved the soundtrack. Then why did you bring it up? You're acting like you're a Dawson's Creek aficionado. Well, no, but I love the soundtrack. That's why I brought it up. Oh, my goodness. I learn <laughs> new things about you every day. Since you mentioned soundtracks, maybe we should talk about movies. Okay, so what sticks out mostly in my mind are 90s television shows. But there were some movies of the 90s gems. Do you know my absolute favorite movie of all time came from the 90s? Hmm. And I had two versions of the soundtrack. Let me see. I will take Titanic for 200, please. Yes! Titanic is a creation of the 90s. Great soundtrack. But also, great movie. I saw it seven times in theaters. Seven times? In theaters That's alone, seven times. a long movie times. to watch it seven times. I was that obsessed with Titanic. There's a sex scene in that movie. I know. I covered my eyes. And nudity. I covered my eyes when I was young. You had very understanding parents. I even had a Titanic birthday party. That's kind of depressing. Mike. <laughs> did, did everybody leave by jumping in the pool? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's awful. I should have said that. But, <laughs> but it was a swimming pool themed Titanic birthday sleepover. Were there any kids who were not allowed to come to after that year? No. Thinking back on it, maybe like the Titanic theme should have taken place at a bowling alley instead of at a swimming pool. Probably touched too close to home for some people. (laughs) But my cake, it was a rectangle cake and it was like a dark blue, so it was the ocean. And then it had the Titanic sticking up in the ocean. That is messed up. (laughs) Did you have little Lego people in the cake who were going, eat me? No, I did not have that. That would have been good. (laughs) That is messed up. Sticking the candles, sing a happy song around a tragic accident of a boat crashing into an iceberg. People died. 
<laughs> it was more about the movie theme. Not People the- died in the movie. <laughs> I loved the movie so much that I had to have a Titanic-themed birthday. It was an awesome birthday, but looking back I on don't, it. You, you, you don't dig yourself out of that hole by saying, it was an awesome birthday party. <laughs> no, but... Um, <laughs> Don't say anything. You can't say anything that will make this better. I will say that nobody else had that birthday theme. Really? What a coincidence. How can we make this movie go viral? You know what? We could have birthday kids to go along with this. That is a horrible idea. You're fired. (laughs) Little did they know, little Sheila was going to have a Titanic birthday. One year for Halloween, I was Rose. It was her blue dress the night of when the Titanic sunk. And I had a heart of the ocean necklace and I colored my hair red and I had a handbag. My mom made my costume for me. It was a really good costume. Did you have a little wagon that you kind of made look like the Titanic? <laughs> no. That would have really made the costume. That is a good idea. Maybe if I ever do cosplay, no, 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 I will no. cosplay that. Oh, no. That is a great idea. Last thing you need to do is start cosplaying this. <laughs> but you have to admit, Titanic was a really good movie. Like, I think it was a very, a very influential movie. Wasn't it one of the top grossing movie of all time? Yeah, it's still one of the top. It's still one of the top, but it's not yeah. the top anymore. I would like to think that I helped make a dent. Well, you saw it seven times <laughs> yeah. and you even had a birthday party. So yeah, probably. I helped make a dent. I mean, I was obsessed. They have really suckered you out of a lot of money, haven't they? <laughs> I will have to admit, there were some really good movies of the 90s besides the Titanic. Another movie that my parents got suckered out of a lot of money was Space Jam. Do you remember Space Jam? Oh yeah, you do because you were watching it on television the other night can't believe you ratted me out. I actually think I fell asleep watching Space Jam. I have to admit, I sat down and started watching the end of it. But they have this Space Jam special where you got free stuff, and my mom took me and a friend to that. So I had a Space Jam shirt, a pen, and some toys and stuff. I had some Space Jam gear. You know what? They still have the website up for Space Jam the movie. Oh, really? Looks exactly the same as it did in the 90s. They've kind of left it as a tribute to 90s-style websites and culture of the 90s. That is awesome. That's really cool. Now, I just want to talk about two movies really quick that weren't children's movies, but I enjoyed. You mean besides the not-intended-for-kids Titanic? Oh, well, yes. Romeo and Juliet. The one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Did you see that as a kid? Not as a kid. I saw that. As a teenager, I saw it. Maybe not the most appropriate movie for a little kid, but I loved that movie. I have to say, I did like this Romeo and Juliet. It was good. It was a different take and a different perspective on Romeo and Juliet, Mm -hmm. but it was very good. Yeah. And then another one that was probably not that appropriate for kids was Armageddon. Yeah, again, probably not appropriate for kids. But your parents were already on a roll (laughs) with Titanic and Romeo and Juliet, so why stop there? Did you see that movie in the 90s? I didn't see it in the 90s. Again, my parents limited what I watched. They didn't let me have creepy birthday parties. That movie was so good. It was so sad. Even as a kid, I cried over Mm -hmm. that movie. 
I'll tell you a movie that I did wind up seeing was the Thomas Crown Affair with a very, mm-hmm. very handsome Pierce Brosnan. Probably not meant for children, mm-hmm. but my grandmother had an interesting choice of movies for movie night. But it is a very, very good movie about this rich guy who mm-hmm. they suspect him of stealing a painting, and mm-hmm. you must check it out. It sounds like our 90s movie experiences were very different. And another thing that we differ on are 90s music. I love 90s music. And you like some. I do like some stuff from the 90s, but not to the extent that I like 90s music. Like the Spice Girls and the Backstreet Boys and Mm -hmm. NSYNC and TLC and stuff. I still listen to some of that stuff. Two of my favorite songs from the 90s would be... The Spice Girls song. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I want, what I really, really want. Yes. <laughs> Did you see Spice World? I think I saw it. Owned, it's been a while. And I watched it a million times. One song that will always be a classic that I will always love, besides the Spice Girls song. Mbop from Hanson. <laughs> that is not the answer. That's far from it. Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Oh, yes. Definitely one of my all-time favorite 90s songs. I think that will always be a classic. I have a 90s playlist on my phone. And I have to say, I'm not surprised. One of your favorite bands is Backstreet Boys. True story, everybody. So a couple years ago, you may have remembered, I don't know if it's a couple years ago now, but (laughs) the Backstreet Boys reunited for a short performance on one of these music award shows, Mm -hmm. and Sheila is expecting, like, this big, long number, and it really is quite short. Yeah, it was so disappointing. That was so short. But I look over, and Sheila is bouncing up and down on the couch like a little schoolgirl. (laughs) <laughs> She's back to age nine, bouncing up and down, going, <gasps> so excited. I thought she was going to hyperventilate and have some sort of panic attack onto the floor. Hey. And she is an adult. I'm sure that I wasn't the only one. But I only have, I think, a couple of Backstreet Boys songs on my playlist. I have a bunch of variety, but I'm just going to name a few. I, of course, have Wannabe by the Spice Girls, Mm -hmm. which we talked about. Yep, Wannabe. I have some No Doubt, Edwin McCain, I'll Be. I have Aerosmith, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. That was from Armageddon. When that song plays at the very end, that's when it brings tears to your eyes. It's so good. Did you have to blot your eyes because you didn't want to miss a thing? (laughs) No. (laughs) And then I have a couple from Romeo and Juliet. I have Brandy, Have You Ever, Mm -hmm. Matchbox 20. Ooh, I have some Enya, some Alanis Morissette, some Jewel. Oh, Jewel. I Mm -hmm. remember Jewel. Um, Do you remember when she did the Schick Intuition commercials? (laughs) No. It was Um, fun. You could, like, jazz out while you're shaving your legs. Probably not the best thing to do while you have a a sharp blade to your skin. I have to add the Macarena. Hey, Macarena. That should come back. It was a big sensation across the country. I think maybe only 2% of the entire country could tell you what the words in that song meant. Nobody knew what the song, (laughs) but it wasn't about the song. It was about the dance. 
And then I have a whole album of the Goo Goo Dolls, mm-hmm. which we saw them in concert. We did. It was very hot because it was an outside concert. For those of you who don't live in the southern United States or in Texas, if you ever decide to build an outdoor concert stadium in Texas and have concerts there anywhere from July through October, you are a mean, mean person. No, I would even push it back to like part of May. But it was a really good concert, though. My hair stuck up, like, ten feet. <laughs> it was so humid. It was so hot. Oh, Yeah, because you have the curly hair, so. Yeah. I mean, 90s music I could go on and on about. But unfortunately, we don't have the time. So, we've talked about a bunch of stuff, and there's really no good way to wrap up all of the 90s. So... It is time to play the National Geographic 90s trivia game. Are you ready for this? We got stretching in. I am so going to do better at this than you are. You so are. Yes. <laughs> I, I like how you're just submitting it. <laughs> so for time constraints, we're not going to play every single round of this because it looks like there's about 80 rounds to this game. Yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> and our dedication is not that strong. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we're going to do a battle to the death. One round, winner takes all. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. What should we pick? 90s culture, TV and film, or music? 90s culture. Just for those of you who are maybe sitting on the edge of your seat in anticipation, the loser doesn't actually die. Yes. Ooh, okay, this is a good question. What boxing faux pas cost Iron Mike Tyson his boxing license in 1997? I know this one. I know this too. Everyone should know this. Okay, so on three, fighting! Yes, it was when he bit the ear of the other boxer. My dad was actually at that fight. Was he really? Out of all the ones to go to, <laughs> like, that would be, ooh. He was a big boxing fan, and he had close-up seats. That and probably he, ruined it for him, right? No, he said it was unreal. He said that he could see the blood from where he was sitting, and he could, like, see the ear come off. Ew. Yeah. So. so according to the game, the answer says, Frustrated by opponent Evander Hollyfield's alleged unpenalized headbutts, Tyson bit Hollyfield's ear hard enough to remove a chunk, and Tyson was disqualified in the third round. Tyson lost his boxing license and was fined $3 million. Mm-hmm. Okay, since we both knew that answer, do you want to do one more round? It's battle to death. We keep doing it until someone gets it wrong or we don't know. Okay. So what category are you going to pick this time? Music. What musical group did Weird Al Yankovic parody with his song Grapefruit Diet? I'm going to say Marcy Playground. Oh, I'm wrong. I didn't know that one either. It was Cherry Pop and Daddies. I've never even heard of them. Oh, they're the ones that did the zoot. Zoot Riot. Zoot Zoot Riot. Riot! Because I know that song, but I think they're a one-hit wonder, too. Mm. So, okay, so we're going to have to do another round. I'm going to pick news. Oh, great. I know, right? Who won the 1994 Olympic gold medal in women's figure skating? Oh, uh, oh, it was... Christine Yamaguchi. No, it was uh, Nancy... No, it wasn't... It was... You're right. Chris... Oh! We're both wrong. Oh, Okasana by... Bayou? 
Huh. Although Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were stealing the headlines thanks to their assault situation, it was the Ukraine's Okasana Bau who won the gold, her country's first ever Olympic gold medal. Well, kudos to her, and we both got it wrong. Okay, so another round. One of us eventually has to get one of these. I thought you were going to do better than me at this, and you're not. Yeah. So for culture. In what year did email volume finally surpass the number of letters sent via first class U.S. mail? I'm going to say 1999. I'm going to say 94. Oh, we were both wrong. 1996. (laughs) While email has existed in various forms since the 1960s, it wasn't until 1996 that the number of emails sent exceeded the number of letters sent via first class snail mail. I'm surprised it was that early, actually. Okay, music. Who was a self-professed lyrical gangster? Oh, it was, um... I'm gonna say Dr. Dre. Easy E. We are getting just all of these wrong. (laughs) I've never heard of... Eeny Kamozi? Kamozi. Okay, so next we have a news. In 1996, Taliban rulers began jailing men whose beards were deemed too short in what country? I would say Afghanistan. That's what I was gonna say, it was Afghanistan. We are both right, (laughs) Afghanistan. So it's two to two. (laughs) Among other decrees under Sharia law, Afghani men were ordered to wear beards and short hair. Women's schools were closed and soccer was banned. That's mean. Soccer is so much fun. Who likes soccer anyway? Sorry, soccer fans, but I hate soccer. Okay, you're you're being a little negative right now. TV and film. While Will Smith was saving the world in this blockbuster movie, Independence Day, who played his courageous love interest? Ooh, Vivica Fox. Yes, I agree on that. Sarah, you're supposed to give the wrong answer so I can win. (laughs) Sorry. Three to three. Fierce. Fierce. So the next one is music. In his 1993 number one hit, rocker Meatloaf proclaims <gasps> he would do anything for love except what? That. I won't do that. No, no, I won't yep. do that. It's that. He is alumni from where we went to college. And at four to four, we keep on raising the score. I'm surprised you knew that Meatloaf one. Well, what can I say? I'm eclectic. <laughs> News. What did the 1996 Canadian Olympic swim team pledge to forego during the games? I would say sex. sex. I'm going to laugh at this macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, we're right. Five to five. Wow. In the movie Jerry Maguire, Cuba Gooding Jr. does an elaborate end zone dance. What pop sensation choreographed his moves? I'm going to say... Paula Abdul. I was going to say Paula Abdul. Six to six. (laughs) Man, we're on a roll now. I know, right? Which 90s hit includes the lyrics, It's your world and I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut to move your butt. Dun, 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 dun. Can't touch dun, this. Dun, 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 dun. Can't, Can't touch, touch this. this. No. What? Gonna make you sweat. Oh, gonna make you sweat till you bleed. In which 90s movie does a flying cow make an appearance? Twister. Twister. Yeah. Oh, Twister was the second highest grossing film of 1996. Wow. So seven to seven? Yeah. Which pioneering grunge band was the first to sign a deal with a major record label? I would say Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. Quit agreeing with me. Well, we were both wrong. It was Soundgarden. (laughs) Oh. Which politician famously championed an electric bill of rights in 1998? Al Gore? Yep, we were both right. So was it now? Eight to eight? 
I think so. I'm just waiting for you to get one wrong. I know, right? <laughs> what controversial figure showcased his or her softer side by releasing an album of original flute music? Marilyn Manson, I guess. Yeah, Marilyn. Dr. Jack Kevorkian, the doctor of death? Oh my gosh. He wow. released an album, The Kevorkian Suite, a very still life. Oh my goodness, that's twisted. Although his quest to legalize euthanasia kept him busy, he still found time to release his album, The Convorkian Suite, A Very Still Life. That's creepy. <laughs> wow. Creepy. Okay. <laughs> the Jerry Springer Show debuted in 1991, but long before he ruled the daytime show- talk show circuit, he was a mayor of what city? Oh, it was... Uh, Detroit, Michigan, I think. Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, Cincinnati, Ohio wins. It was Cincinnati, Ohio. Sheila is the reigning victor of the 90s. The 90s trivia game. Yes. Good game. Seriously, I don't know what the score was. Doesn't matter. You won. But I just think that that game helped to show how eclectic the 90s were that it was a great decade and thank you so much for talking about the 90s with me sarah of course i think it was a great episode because the 90s were great and we've got lots of really fun episodes planned Mm. hopefully we can get them out to you guys faster than we did this one Mm-hmm. But make sure and stay tuned for those other upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. Go to our website, thechickchats.com, where we'll have updates. Find the post where we post this episode and let us know what you thought of it. Also, be sure to check us out. We're on Twitter. Yes, and until next time, this was The, the Chick, Chick Chats. Chats. Good night, everybody. Good night. And good riddance. Green Day? Oh, ha ha. Ah. Okay, <laughs> night. <laughs> night. <laughs>